This time on TNT. Remember Stinky Lunch Kid? I'm playing in the Canadian Open Pro-Am bots. And guess what Jer bought at Shoppers? That's all coming up right now on TNT. Hello. There he is. You know, it's a wonderful day here. You know, hey, it's summer, summertime, full on summertime right now. Sometimes we do the pod at uh, night, like at the end of a work day or after the kids are in bed or something. Uh, last few we've done like middle of the day on a weekend day. I love it yeah. so much because I feel awake and alert and alive. And uh, it's so much better than feeling like, oh, I don't have much gas in the tank, but we need to get it done. Yeah, no, this is good. Like it's Sunday, got my coffee going, have things to talk about. You have things to talk about. Let's get right yeah. into it. <laughs> yeah. Tell the bots what you're doing tomorrow. Oh, yeah. Tomorrow I'm playing in the uh, the Pro-Am for the uh, Canadian Open. So that'll be fun. Like it's all That's bananas. This is, the, this is the Monday of the tournament. So the tournament starts on Thursday and it's at St. George's and it's in prime condition so the monday pro-am you're the first group really to get out there and try it out so are the pros that will be competing later in the week also playing tomorrow yeah yeah but but they're and they're kind of looking at it as a practice round so that's it's kind of a probably a quieter it's not so crazy in terms of playing it depends on who you're playing with but yeah it's you can sense the uh I guess the professionalism and, and what's going on, like they're all working, like this is legit. So it's pretty, it's pretty cool to, to uh, sit back and, and, and watch that and then just see the players. And So uh, in the back of your head, are you thinking like, if I put a tidy round together, maybe they'll ask me to play in the tournament? No, there's <laughs> that would be like some real out to lunch styles. Like that's one, you know, that's probably like, Hey, Jeremy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to, I'm trying to <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, Jeremy. <laughs> yeah, no, it's more about just uh, you know, you, you're on the range and uh, hitting balls at Islington because uh, St. George's doesn't have quite a, as, as a large a, a range to hit balls. So you, really? You go, you go to Islington and then they shuttle you over and valet your car back to St. George's so it's there when you're uh, finished uh, playing so why because when the course was built going to the range wasn't as much of a thing it's not big enough the the range in terms of real estate I mean if you think about where St. George's is it's right smack downtown Etobicoke basically right so there's it's there's it's so developed that, that the range isn't isn't uh, as big as as what they can offer at Islington, which is right, like right right beside it. So is Islington another course? Fun. Yeah, it's another great course. Got it. So um, anyway, it's the whole experience uh, when just when the place is so dialed and it's such a great venue, a classic place. So are you nervous about that, or that's fun? Not really. I could care less about any of that stuff. It's just a gas. Good times. Have you been like practicing? No. No. It's not like that at all. No. 
No, I've just been like maybe playing once every other week here since the season started. But I love St. George's and I always have fun playing there. Yeah. So it's going to be good. It's going to be a gas. So you get out to have a couple laughs. Is exactly that. See some great golf and uh, hang with some buds. It's going to be a good week. We got P- Pendy's here this week. He's back. He's been rehabbing a rib injury. So hopefully he's back to form. Uh, he, you know, it might be. I think the, it because it's the open has a lot to do with why he's here because he's still rehabbing. So we'll see how it goes for him. Uh, I guess if one of those injuries with your ribs, it, it can happen. You can rip it again or whatever, tear it easily. So you Oof. have to be really careful with those kind of injuries. Well, it's also one of those things they can't really do much for you, right? Yeah, like it, time. it has to just has to just heal and properly. I guess there's certain things that you probably do to to make that happen, but also uh, not doing anything right is probably the best way. So it's uh, he's he's like a probably so fired up to get into it. Mike Gligic is there. He's going to be Berlin this week as well. So there's lots of Canadian buds. All the legends are there from Mike Weir. To to uh, obviously the, the younger kids like Mackenzie Hughes and Nick Taylor and there's a bunch of Canadian great Canadian players out there, so it's going to be a fun week. Who are you playing I with got, tomorrow? Do you know? I don't know yet. No idea. Like you find out when but you the get fi- there. The field is incredible. They have like uh, five of the top or three of the top f- t- five in the world are coming. The field is incredible. Who is that? R- R- Rory. Rory Matt. Rory McIlroy won the last Canadian Open, so he's defending. And you have Justin Thomas, and just the field is super deep. It's really good. Is Dusty coming? Dustin Johnson? Yeah. No, he bailed and went to the Live Tour event. And he's an RBC guy, Dustin Johnson. This is the. He's kind of like a big donkey the way he goes around. What do you mean? <laughs> He's just super tall and lumbery and <laughs> slow. And if you talk to him, it sounds like he counting to 25 is, a bit, is too much effort. <laughs> so, but he hits a golf ball like a monster. But he totally, uh, the Saudi Arabian Golf League called the Live Golf Tour, they're having an event and there's just a bunch of guys that are kind of crossing the line to play in it wait like so that's he didn't go to that tour permanently it's just this particular week well He's that's like, that's a, that's the thing there, there's a golfer kevin na who's going to play in the live tour event and he resigned from the pga tour he's like i'm done i'll see you later <laughs> so I, I guess there's i because the pga tour hasn't signed releases on players so they're not allowing uh, if you they're saying you you can't play on this other tour, like we see that that there's this opportunity, you are a free agent, but it's still our tour, and this is it. This is at the end of the day, this is our we own the whole deal, and if you don't want to play in it, we can make things bad for you. And in terms of like you, your your t- contract could be terminated or whatever, so. Uh, Dustin's going over there. I, we haven't seen the consequences fully of that yet, but uh, it's bad because I mean, they look upon it as as like uh, 
you're not we told you not to do that so i'm sure he's probably getting like 125 million dollars or something ridiculous to do that so what yeah that's the kind of money that's probably going to dustin to 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 say forget it and i'm sure kevin now got a lot too so probably more than their career earnings ever but that's the consequences though that's a huge carrot dangling there, but you're dealing with the Saudis, which are have done some terrible things in, uh, in terms of its people and what they've, like the Khashoggi murder and all that stuff was recent, but uh, it's it's a regime that, that's scary. And I'm sure there's an, every big business has somehow done business with them, but to be this bold and brash about being involved with with that 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 type of of a government and and just kind of really getting into bed with the devil basically in that sense. Why would he do that? To took the money. That, so it's like anyone who's like, I've had such a great time on the PGA tour, blah blah blah, great career, but. I love money just so much that I just got to do that. I'm sorry, because this is more than I'd ever make. So he just never has to work again, ever? Well, whatever, I guess, yeah. But your kind of hopes and dreams of what you started golf as ended because you're playing in a tour that doesn't even really have anything yet. And I'm sure this happens in sports, but it's just a real dicey, it's greasy in a sense, you know. Yeah, it is greasy so. in a sense. <laughs> so you don't know who you play with. You're not that nervous, but it's um, it's your butt Al that is the guy like there, was... right? Oh, at uh, at, at St. George, St. George's, yes, yeah, yeah Al Palmer, the uh, pro. So it's going to be a great week. I'll be uh, I'll be uh, hanging on in the on the 16th in the box there for good times as well really yeah i'll be there for the weekend so you're gonna get to watch yeah they have 16th uh hole just kind of set up in a great way so you can really check it out so it'll be good times why is the 16th the one you want to watch what's that well it's just uh it's towards the end of the of the course and i guess you can see 17 and uh, it's not far to get out and run, rip to 18 if you needed to, or whatever. So everything's kind of around there. So in terms of the on Sunday when things are finalizing, it'll have it'll you'll be able to get get a real sense of the vibes. And the, the grandstands are huge, and there's so many people there that are collected around that last those last three holes. So, so how are you gonna get there? Awesome. Are you gonna take an Ubzi? No, I'll drive down and. Uh, like for tomorrow, I'm just driving down and back for the for the golf, but on the week maybe I'll st- I might stay at Mike's a, a couple nights or whatever. It'll be fun. There's uh, a lot of golf to be played out there. Exciting. Yeah. What do you got ripping this weekend? Well, our bud uh, Kyle Bukowskis texted me on yeah. Friday night and said I just landed in Edmonton, the city of champions, and as you know. Oilers were down you're on, two nothing. You're on the tube. You're on the tubes last night. Yeah, he said, uh, uh, you, you know, you're an optimist by trade, and um, I, I just thought we could do something kind of fun with 
you being an optimist and them being a little bit in the hole to kind of start off the thing. So it's, um, I I just love how TV is made. I love all the tips and tricks and stuff. And uh, after the pandy, I've gotten pretty decent at recording my own audio and figuring out how to set up a camera and the right angles and all that stuff. And um, my challenge was I needed a McKinnon jersey for the bit. Um, Mm. And there wasn't one in Truro, I guess, because they've been selling like hotcakes, understandably. Um, So I had to go to Hockey Life in Dartmouth to score a McKinnon jersey and then cut his name and number off the back of it um, for this bit and uh, safety pinned it to the back of my Oilers jersey as a way of saying, like, (laughs) how do you, McKinnon's from here, but I'm a fan of the Oilers. How do you kind of balance that? So now I have this beautiful new jersey that's cut. Um, so Shug's going to take it to school tomorrow and see if there's a boy in her sewing class that wants a little project to kind of sew it back together for himself. Nice. Yeah. I love it. Um, but it was fun. It was fun. A fun little Saturday project. Um, had my first horse lesson yesterday. Um, so then on your horse? Yeah. Or the other horse? Yeah. So you're, ride, you, you're riding it now. Oh, no, not yet. It's um, it's natural horsemanship. So you basically start with, okay, this is a horse. <laughs> um, and understanding the uh, why horses think the way they do and um, act the way they do is a really critical component to um, uh, the horse journey. So her, her feeling is, her name is Ada and she's, I'm convinced she's part horse because she can really um, put herself in the horse's mind and explain to you what they're thinking at any given moment. But horses are um, animals that are preyed on in the wild. They're not predators. So uh, lions, for example, would take a horse down by jumping on its back and pulling on it. Yeah. So she said when, when humans sit on a horse's back and pull on the reins, that is really every uh predator instinct it has is going off because you're doing exactly what a lion would do to it in the wild and so to earn the horse's trust enough that you can uh sit on its back and pull on the reins and not have it freak out because it thinks you're going to kill it takes some time and effort and energy and so you have to build up um uh, trust with the horse, obviously. And she just has really... So, is it, that like a, a lot of walking around, hanging out with it? Well, <clears throat> we did um, a lot of figure eights yesterday. Uh, it's teaching yeah. it to back up. She said they will kind of challenge you to say um, there are there are two types of horse. So, so when, when you're with a horse, you're a herd of two. And in every herd, there has to be like a leader and then the follower or followers. So the horse will be like, hey, am I the leader? And you have to show it, no, I'm the leader. And once they know, okay, you're the leader, cool, I can just eat grass and kind of follow, I'm fine. <laughs> so if they meet you at, on a scale of 1 to 10, if they meet you at a 3, like, hey, I'm going to push past you, you have to kind of push back at a 3.1. You can't push back at an 8 so that you scare it or use unnecessary force or noise or any of that stuff. But you just have to... vibe in with it. Yeah, every time they challenge you, you have to challenge them back, which is kind of interesting given the size difference. But if they... Yeah, because they could just be like, kick you in the head and that. Yeah, 
Yeah, and their their instinct is when they feel pressure, their instinct is to pull away from it. So if you have a halter and a rope on its head and you pull it towards you, its instinct is to pull back, not come yeah. towards the pressure. So uh, in order for it to um, understand, like that's all learned behavior that's counter intuition. <laughs> it's like dogs or like you give them a rope in their mouth. They don't, when you pull it, they're like, no, let's roll. Yeah, it's tug of war. Yeah, they're like, okay, let's party. Even a cow, anything, would be like, all right, let's go. Pulling back, next thing you know, you're going out of your boots, flying. Well, yeah, and she she said they are they're basically mentally toddlers. So so you're yeah. trying to have this negotiation and teach these tips and tricks to a toddler. So a toddler has a very basic understanding. For example. Uh, most of the time you stand on the left side of the horse. If you teach it something on the left side, when you walk around to the right side, it won't automatically be like, oh yeah, of course you did on the left, it's probably the same on the right. You have to teach it the same exact thing with you standing on the right side. And there are a couple of reasons for that. One is how uh, intellectual a horse is. And the other is because uh, she said, turn your head as far as you can to the left now turn your head as far as you can to the right. That's what a horse can see because they have two eyes on the side of their head, but they have significant blind spots under their chin is one uh, on their back is obviously another. So it, it, it was just wild. If you teach a horse to do something at a walk, you have to teach it to do it at a trot and teach it to do it at a canter. It won't automatically apply those learned skills mm -hmm which is kind of interesting. The other thing that's kind of interesting is they, um, this like who's in charge is something that we have to work out every time we see each other. It's not like, okay, we've established this once and for all. I'm the leader. Every time they will kind of be like, are you still, are you still the leader? Are you sure? So they keep finding new ways to kind of challenge your authority. Oh, my God. Because like, no, because I'm running this shit now. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so there was, there was in the business the next to our house. Imagine, imagine that having like a, in a workplace. Oh. All of a sudden you're fighting a guy in the bathroom. Yeah, every day. <laughs> Are we really doing this, Ronald? No, come on, big shoves. Are you the leader? Yeah. Yes, for the last time, I am. You got to put their head in the toilet for like yeah. two minutes. Well, that's basically it. I have to give the horse a wedgie. So it's like, all right, okay, got it. I see what my packing order is. That's how they roll. All of a sudden, you're getting a wedgie and you're just having breakfast. But they're skittish. Like, they, they're claustrophobic. They don't like small openings. So if the barn door was opened enough for it to go through... And uh, me, it, it'll try to push past. Because it's like, get me out of here. You have to teach it manners. Shoves your face in your cereal bowl and you actually can't breathe. Yeah, or it licks its hoof and sticks it in your ear. <laughs> Wet willies? Wet willies are the worst. Oh, yeah. Who invented that and that? What kind of move in the world? Like, I remember that and it was just like... 
the grossest and most vile thing I you know. could do to somebody. Vile and violating. And there's licking your licking your finger and sticking it in somebody's ear. Like, are you kidding me? Imagine doing that now. Try that one on for the pandy. There are <laughs> there are different gears of uh, kind of bullying tactics. Like the tap you on the far shoulder and when you turn yeah. around they that's pretend like a one oh. that's a one out of five that's a one that's like very very light well that makes me furious because it's that's so a... stupid yeah <laughs> but the wet willy makes me furious two, because it's disgusting two would be like what like put somebody putting their foot up on your seat at a theater like on it you oh. can see their foot that's that's or maybe that's a three that's probably a three you know what I was thinking? Two is the continuous kick of the seat. That's a two. Like the once once in a while, that's a two. You know what a four is? Oh, yeah, well, there's airplane bullying tactics that are yeah. their own language entirely. <laughs> like pushing down on the tray that's attached to your seat. Oh, yeah, yeah. Or like sleeping on it. Yeah. <laughs> and you're bouncing. I was thinking, you know what a four is? It's the two-banger. Where someone crouches down behind your legs, and then the person in front pushes you lightly, and you fall backwards over the guy. <laughs> yeah, a four could also be like the the guy they they've put their seat back right away <laughs> on a plane. Yeah, yeah, like right. The seats all the way back as soon as they sit down, and it's like really. Also, it's Toronto to Ottawa, like it's twenty six minute flight. And they recline fully. <laughs> or my favorite is the feet, like under the, under the your feet, but you can feel their feet, their feet bumping into your feet. Oh, the long, you know, like, uh, long the distance long legs, Their legs are all the way under the seat and to the point where they're right, like they're reaching, and I guess they're trying to lie back. So you're getting touched on the ankles from their feet. That's a four to me. I'm going to tell you, I was, I was really uh, uh, dialed as far as traveling goes before the pandy and um, knew how to spend time on planes. Uh, I have found since the world has opened even a little bit, I can't sit still for that long, first of all. I find it really yeah. uh, painfully long to fly anything more than a couple of hours. And generally speaking, it's no one's fault but the world is rusty. So if I've, I've flown through Pearson probably four times in the last six weeks, um, three of those times, uh, there was an announcement when we got there that was like, hey, um, uh, Pearson is training uh, people right now, so they're just having a bit of trouble attaching the bridgeway to the plane. Uh, thanks for your patience. <laughs> little things you that- that dialed. Well, little things that you, you never even consider. Oh, of course, yeah. that's a skill that someone has to learn, but it's something that you always just kind of take for granted. But imagine 80% of the people are new at, like, driving the stairs to the side of the bus and loading the bags. Everything's just yeah. a little chafy. B.O. is up there having a big stinky pits. What? Stinky pits. Do you mean Literally? Like reeking, someone's got the Brad Pitts, the bad pits. <laughs> like a river runs through it. A river runs through it. Someone's bad got the bad pits. pits. What do you mean? You've noticed that since the pandy? 
No, just like if you're talking about one out of five, like in terms of like uncomfortable when you're on like with other people in a plane or whatever. Well, I've noticed that. But if you get BO, man, that sucks. It does suck. I've I've actually noticed that. It smells like a totally like a Subway sandwich, straight extra onions reek. Gross. Like onion sweat. Sweating onion onions sweat out their pores. Like bad pepperoni. <laughs> Kielbasa. Barf. The big kielbasa stink. Remember when you were a kid? And the kid who crushed the kielbasa and had big ha 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 talking afterwards. <laughs> kielbasa reek. I feel like you're talking about one kid specifically. I don't know if that's no, a st- uh, like a. Oh yeah, everyone knows that, that kid. There. No man, like <laughs> any kid who was crushing kielbasa if they were like loud and talking while they're eating. Well, was that someone you encountered gosh, more than gosh, once? Gosh, 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 what uh, ta- talking? No, big. <laughs> Some people have, they have the big exhale as they're talking when they're eating. You know? <laughs> I don't have a reference for this. I don't have a frame of reference for this. I feel like there's one kid specifically you're thinking about. It's not like that. No, you know that type. Some people don't know how to eat and like hold the breath. They feel like they're breathing. I think stinky lunch kid is a category that everyone can relate to. Yeah. But I don't know if it's like, well, oh, you know the guy that always has the kielbasa? You know that guy? No, that doesn't really matter what they're eating. Yeah, stinky lunch kid for it's, sure. It's like coming at you like a megaphone with everything that they're eating. <laughs> oh, so... To, to be clear, they're talking while their mouth is full with something stinky? Is that what that is? Yes. <laughs> so it's like their mouth is a fan of the reek, depending on, you know, the level. And usually it's something that's like crushing, like a kielbasa or, no maybe pickles, strong well, like, pickles. Well, like, Lunchables aren't great. <laughs> no, no. I remember when, uh, like, Maple Leaf came out with luncheon meat. I think, I think if you can smell what someone's eating in front of you, it's probably kind of gross no matter what. They're already too close. Hot dogs. I don't want to smell what you're eating. Ever. From the bite and the chew, that, like, everything mixed together smell. As opposed to just, like, I can smell the hot, hot dog in, in your hand. Or what That's about a George mine. and Wheezy, like, when their nasal passage is like... <laughs> it's like, all of a sudden, when it's like... Even if they're by themselves, <laughs> they, they have to breathe out while they're eating. So it's now, it's like not a, just a hot dog smell. It's like a s- sauerkrauty hot dog smell. Have you ever known anyone who sings Which, while they're, hums while they're eating? Like, mm-hmm, like mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm, what, mm-hmm, sure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, man. All those things are a thing. 
Um, <laughs> so this week was the uh, third annual. It wasn't annual because of the Covesy, but it was the third time we did the Shiganoi Elementary rap battle. And oh, yeah? it was Indigo's class. She's in grade five. And so there were three classes in grades four and five. And I went in a, a month ago and uh, explained that the first rapper ever was Dr. Seuss. Because if you put green eggs and ham to a beat, it would be fat. Um, so uh, I explained the origin of rap and how it was people that didn't come from much. And they were on the streets of New York City kind of amusing each other and putting in the time. Um, so they got into groups and wrote rap songs. And the category was anything you've learned in health this year. So uh, they wrote about caffeine and they wrote about um, stress management and good dietary choices and anti-bullying. Nice. And they gave themselves uh, rap handles uh, like MCK or DJB, stuff like that. And they uh, came dressed in their rap characters. And then they performed their raps in front of each other on Thursday in front of a panel of judges. And, you know, there, there are always kids that... Um, you expect are comfortable in front of a crowd, kind of the outgoing ones. And, uh, they crushed it, but the ones that, uh, had some hesitation or weren't sure or were kind of freaked out beforehand, those groups I was especially proud of because they, uh, found the courage and, and got up and did it and were so pumped afterwards. And really the nicest thing about the whole experience was, Everyone was so cheering and supportive and uh, high-fiving and, like, really encouraging each other to do it. Yeah. Um, so I started the show by saying, like, no one here has ever done this before. And for the rest of your life, if anyone asks you if you've ever written a rap song, the answer is yes. So that's already cool. And yeah. uh, it's not supposed to be a traumatic day for anyone. You don't want it to be like this day that you look back on your childhood as, oh, man, that was the worst. But if we just all accept no one's ever done this before and we're all going to try something different and we're all going to encourage each other, let's just party. And totally. they did and it was it was awesome. It was really cool. Do you remember those, those talent nights when we were kids when everyone got up and sang songs? Staff talent? No, kids. The talent show. Like in school? Yeah. I, Do you remember that? I guess kind of. Like I still remember this kid singing uh, the Rick Astley song, Never Gonna Give You Up. Like, <laughs> And he was up there with his hairdo, all, like, I don't know, probably in grade four, three or four. And he had the hair slicked and like the khaki pants and the vest <laughs> or whatever. And did he crush it? it? Like the, yeah, it's, but it was the whole song. So it's like the... Never gonna give, never gonna give. give never gonna give, never gonna give. Like, <laughs> uh, three and a half minutes in, right? Like the whole song. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it was kind of cute for the first first chorus. But like, you're like, oh, come on, man. Why did they do that? And Why he's just standing they... there during the solo. Yeah, totally. And he would just kind of have this shuffle. But, I mean, that was nothing compared to some of the other crap. Well, the thing that was neat about this is that um, there's a thing called Song Maker. So some of the kids made their own beats. Nice. Which was awesome. Um, 
anyway, I was just like, I was just really uh, pleased at the level of buy-in. And of course, as it always does, it starts and ends with teachers that are like, sure, let's do that. It's a little harder and kind of different and a bit more work for us, but it's a really cool opportunity for the kids. Um, yeah. I'm lucky because Carol's sister teaches Indy uh, and she's a, a great teacher. Um, Wicked. So she was able to get buy-in from her colleagues and um, she put up a, a little stage and I brought some mics and amps from home and it was like a real show. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, because the, the work and everything that's involved is legit. Yeah. <clears throat> the thought that goes into it, yeah. And yeah, cheers to teachers that are cool to take on that stuff because yeah, we know they don't make enough money as it is and there seems to be more cutting than giving raises and you know i was talking about talent show like you don't see that stuff anymore because of the money that's not there you know that extra stuff well exactly and this late in the year um in a year that has already been challenging on top of last year being super challenging um i i was really thankful that uh that donna was up for it and um just says a lot about her as a teacher that in may uh she's into june she's willing to take on something new and big and fun but man they've had so much uh disappointment as as we've talked about that to do something that was purely for fun and that night we took the girls to see avril in halifax and i didn't realize man i i guess i guess she's kind of back i figured i figured everyone who would be there would be the people that kind of came up listening to complicated when she started but i'd say every 20 year old girl in halifax was there yeah i know that i think it's that resurgence with young kids as well so is that is that so, what yeah. it is like everything 90s is kind of big so they're watching friends and listening to avril lavigne well yeah she's kind of the the legendary it's all that vibes like they can it's far back enough to create this kind of like what I guess what 70s music was to us you know when it's it seems to be more iconic when it, they have this history and that's what it is to all these kids they they think back and it's like oh I remember something like that wow and she has a it's, couple it, songs it, I, on the radio now and she's opening for Machine Gun Kelly on his American tour so she she's obviously like yeah, so having a moment that, again. That's obviously every press, all the press is going to be at all those shows. So it's extra press no matter what. Also didn't realize like all these 20-somethings were singing every single word of every single song. It's yeah. I, I've seen a few things like public events and music things and even... Uh, uh, junior high concerts and went to a junior high or middle school play last week. I, I've found it so emotional to be sitting in a group of people watching some art. Yeah. Like it's just so, it feels so good to be sharing that experience with people. And I was never like uh going to go to three concerts a week kind of person. Um, mm-hmm. But it just, it really has been a part of human connection that has been missing. And let's take a little break right there, bot. Breaks, get up. Here it comes, right here. 
Taking you back, Jonathan. Okay, bud. 1990, 1996. You ready for this? Wow. Breakfast at Tiffany's. Yeah. Deep blue something. If you told me, like, remember that song? I would be able to pull up the chorus. I, I would not be able to remember the verse. I know, that's the whole thing with 90s jams. But you know that when you hear it, you know it. Like the, the verse. I'm Definitely. Sure you remember it, yeah. But this part's when things take up a notch. <laughs> yeah. I remember... Um, remember remember there's, a, there's a Mel Bay lick in this one, right? A, a Hal Leonard lick. Is there? I'll play the little little thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hal <laughs> <Ow>, Leonard. <laughs> can you take me over to Long and McQuaid? I need to get the sheet music for Breakfast at Tiffany so I can learn that Hal Leonard lick in the middle. <laughs> um, in rock band. Let's let's hear it one more time. Hold on. Yeah. The guy's got his tongue out when he's doing it, recording it? No. <laughs> no, like it's biting his tongue, like it's really hard for him. His four note solo. You know, like when the lead singer tries to do a guitar solo. Not super compy. Give me another pass. There must be a there must be a word for when the solo is just the exact melody that is sung. Deep blue something. I'm gonna guess that was their only hit from the album What If Salad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like they even know they even know it's what I'm selling call their record that they didn't have any other hits right I don't think so I don't I don't feel like going in into a dive of it I'm pretty sure that's it um in in rock band uh shook has a concert in a couple of weeks and uh, I told you they're doing sweet child of mine I told you they pulled we didn't start the fire now they're working on I'm still standing. Oh way. Which feels like taking a big bite. That song is That's tricky. I know, like even the And then I'm still standing It's such a weird complicated melody being like a little kid yeah being like a true survivor being like a little cop ah! it's so high too did I ever did I like being that like a little kid. I guess the strategy is like okay we're gonna swing for the fences it's not like let's do uh, heart of gold that was his like 
go fuck yourselves, I'm still here jam, right? Yeah, and I um, always remember hearing that he fell off the stage in Egypt while singing I'm Still Standing, and people were like, get it? <laughs> like I saw, a, a guy tweeted... Everybody, it's like every single guy, singer, has fallen, every singer, woman... And man has fallen off the stage. It's like happens to everybody. Um, I think I still think the best one is the Kelsey Grammer step right down off the stage. Happy pipe down, bud. I think I think he broke his leg. Kelsey Grammer. <laughs> yeah. Have you seen that? No. Do you have the computer? Yeah. Like, dude, Kelsey Grammer falls off stage. Happy, it's okay, bud. Because he, throw, he throws out, he's talking like, oh, I, oh my god, I think yeah. I broke my leg. What? What he's stage was he on? On like a... Uh, Happy, it's okay, of like bud. talking on a stage. I don't know if it's a theater or, you know, probably for like a film or television, maybe even... Uh, a monologue or something, but like that's one of the one of those kind of stages, where it's probably like a five foot drop. But the way he falls, it's like, oh man, because his half his body's still up there when it goes. The other half goes down. Whoa! Oh, did you see it? Yeah, <laughs> it's really bad. Oh wow! <laughs> and is he stuck? No, I think he breaks his leg on the fall. What? Yeah. Whoa. Yeah, he's not. It's not like getting back up and finishing the talk. It's like I'm done. Wow! Big Bird falls off stage. Oh man, it falls Big off Bird. stage. Is that Big a, Bird's not, a not too bad? At least you're in you're in a costume. Oh, I thought you're saying that like you've seen it. Oh, Big Bird. Yeah, have uh, you? No, no. But I've seen everybody else fall off stage. I'm gonna watch Big Bird fall off the stage right now. <laughs> What, what do you mean? What, is that a thing? Yeah. Oh, okay. Big Bird falls off stage. It's a 21-second clip. The only thing that could really... <laughs> what, what, what happens? Oh, my God. Come on. The only thing that let could me, really mess him up is that see it. there's such a distance. <laughs> His neck is so long. Like, the mask is looking out his neck hole, right? So there's so oh much head God. on top of your head. Aw. Are you watching it? I'm getting it up here. Oh, here it is. Yeah. <laughs> Buds, press pause. Go find it on YouTube. Watch <laughs> it and then press play again. Why is this so long? How long is the clip you're looking at? Like, oh, okay. <laughs> When people celebrate different holidays like Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, and do you know another holiday celebrated this time of year? Yay, that's right, Christmas. It's my favorite holiday. Oh, he's like, he's he's walking away from the stage, but oh no, now he's dancing and doing twirls. He's got a dance going. Oh no. Oh, he's getting a little close to the front. Oh, no. Oh, no. He's going to go for sure. Oh. oh, it's not too bad. 
Well, I wonder if we watched the same one. Well, hold on. He goes ass over and he lands on his butt. Mm-hmm. But he's like... <laughs> he's not getting up. My clip was 21 seconds. I don't think he can get up. Uh-oh. Like, it's... All I see is the mouth going, talking, but there's no noise. Like, our kids, and like... I- What's wrong with Big Bird, Mommy? Well, the, it's yeah, it's an audience for sure. Well, is this like something that's happened several times, maybe? <laughs> Crazy. People falling off stage is something I hadn't considered as a YouTube category. Oh, the procrastinating I will do. Yeah, that's the one. Um. Anyway, that's a good, that's solid, but not as bad as the Kelsey Grammer. No, that was a bad one. I wonder what the worst fall off stage is. I don't know. I'm sure somebody's died from it. Like, who cares if it's really bad? Oh, worst fall off a horse ever is the first thing that came up. Yeah. Most iconic iconic live stage falls ever. Well, wait a sec. Didn't... Oh, Jimna... Okay, ow. Okay, sorry. I'm back. There's oh by the way marching band fails is another great subcategory oh, yeah, where they, like where they trip and then it's just a big yeah a domino effect. How about this one every the barber shop jams? Macarena. Yeah. That was '96. Yeah. Isn't it the guy that looked that sings it? Looks like he works in a barber shop. Yeah. Luigi Se- sells gold. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. It's funny, this song was so huge, and yet the first thing I think of is Mike Myers as Dr. Evil with Mini Me, remember? Is that part of the music in it? Taka, 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 Remember? Right. Yeah, that's right. I listened to Mike Myers was a guest on Smartless in the last couple of weeks. He's an interesting guy. He's um he's much he did, more intellectual put, than than I would have thought. He made a movie, right, about uh I don't know what it was on Netflix or something. Yeah. He's playing like eight people. Yeah, yeah. The Pentaverit or something. Yeah, which kind of seems up there with uh what was that other one that he made? Remember the one he made that it was like, oh man, the Love Guru, the, guru, the Love Guru. That's kind of in like Toronto, that. right? Yeah. The only thing I remember so. about that is him saying Marishka Hargate as a yoga greeting. I just remember him being on like, what was he on? Like he was on City doing a little album review or something from his van. Was he on, uh, <clears throat> was it City Limits or? What do you mean? Toronto, one of those Toronto shows is where he kind of got his start doing like, yay, this is my favorite new record, man. <laughs> like in his van. Mike Myers? Yeah. Yeah, it was one of those. What do you mean? Like City actually TV as as shows. a guy or that was a bit? It was kind of, uh, it, it was, uh the beginning of that character what the hell is the character's name again wayne yeah wayne he was basically being wayne 
in the van. And I'm sure Dana Carvey probably rolled with it. Um, but it was a character. Yeah, kind of. It was more like him. His He was seemed like a, a stoner in a van kind of guy. You could tell he was kind of acting it up, but that was how he started. And that character kind of grew. Well, I didn't know that. I don't know what he did after that, but that was probably the first thing. Well, I knew he did... Um... I knew he did that character at Second City. I'm sure that that's probably what it grew into, yeah. Um, you realize how many iconic pop culture things he's responsible for, like from the not joke to zip it, <laughs> right? Yeah. To swing, to party on. Like he he really broke through. Yeah, and he definitely used catchphrases with with all his characters. Yeah. That was another thing with Austin Powers. Well, yeah, he he said he kind of saw Austin Powers as a niche, like, spaghetti western thing that he wanted to do, but it never occurred to him that it would resonate with people. Like, he kind of made it as a love letter to his dad and British heritage, but it went bananas. He didn't imagine that. Well, I guess it was kind of born in that So I Married an Axe Murderer, right? That character. Which is a great movie. Him. Yeah. Here's, really good movie. This was the thing that struck me about him. And, and at first I was like, oh, I, I didn't expect that. But then I thought, well, I, I guess he's just being honest. Like, he doesn't... Um, you know the, the kind of fake humbleness that a lot of people at that level have? They're like, oh, no, you know, it's, I was, you know, just a cog in a wheel, that kind of thing. He doesn't have that. So if they say, like, I saw this movie and it was hilarious, he says, thank you. Yeah, for sure. I I met his brother, uh, Paul, on the street with Ed, going to lunch with Ed Robertson. What's he like? Does he kind of look and talk the same? He looks looks very similar, yeah. And I've I've known him for just uh, being his media stuff for the last... 30 years too right he's a uh, very learned in music and literature the brother and, uh, yeah wait is that his job being mike's stuff. guy no i think he does his own thing i know he was in a band in the 80s and then he uh he's pr- he did some production stuff i guess he's involved with that new kids in the hall uh oh really doc, doc. yeah so Anyways, involved with them. He was kind of embedded, I guess, in the comedy side of the of the Queen Street scene, in a sense, where B and L and Corky and the Juice Pigs and no way he was. Pre- I guess he was punk and funny. I probably you know he'd probably be like, no, you're wrong. <laughs> but I don't you know I don't know much about his band, but I do remember 1996. And this song all the time coming on. How about this one? This is a classic. <laughs> classic Hootie. When Darius is just letting her rip on the vocals. Always. Oh, yeah. <laughs> What's become of me? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> this is one. Of, this is probably one of those songs that they, when they play it live, people just go nuts, right? Up the top, they can't hear the first verse. I thought you were gonna say it's probably the kind of song that they would go get a beer during. No, no, they get so fired up this one. <laughs> What's the chorus of this song? This album sold like 30 million copies, I know. Oh yeah, right, it's a call and answer kind of thing. Time keep building, time keep going, time keep saying, time keep knowing. Let's go. Yeah, right. What else you got from 96? Here comes the legit chorus. The long second verse. Oh. <laughs> right, you ain't no friend of mine. Two minutes before the first chorus. You ain't no balls. friend of mine. <laughs> they knew the verse was strong enough, which is rare for a 90s jam. Is the verse arguably is, better one? than the chorus? Maybe. You ready for this? Yeah. Come on. I hate it when it doesn't go sometimes. Oh, it's not working. What is it? I was it? gonna play Blues Traveler Hook. Oh <laughs> I love that classic. song so much. I know. <laughs> it's got doesn't the Paul matter what in I the say. video. <laughs> <laughs> he he kind of sings like he plays harmonica like the sneaky little totally. runs yeah yeah that. yeah he also went on a crazy weight loss journey didn't he he did yeah like lost he did like, lost like hundreds of pounds yeah hundreds of those oh man i can't believe it doesn't work but it's a bummer We'll have to go to... No, you don't remember that one. What one? Hit me. Try me. No, but you know this one. Better play. Come on, dog. Oh. I don't understand. Why would everything play and then nothing plays? I don't know, but I think because this, i got to dump the stuff on this computer. I get it now. It's, jam it's RAM jammed. It's the way it is. Gonna have to go back to this one. <laughs> what is it? Hitman's Club Mix. The Ghost Town DJs. What? It's one of the. Remember my boo? That song. In and out, my boo. Oh yeah, okay. <laughs> This was a. Oh yeah, right. <laughs> a drum beat. How fast would you change the station if this came on? I kind of, I I don't know, I kind of. I kind of don't hate the big, like, heavy, like, 
Just the groove in the background. You like da, it? Da, 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 da. I don't mind it. I, yeah, I don't hate it. <laughs> because it's so high tempo. I don't know why. Do Cat to do I don't know. I think that's like the different version. All I have in my head is time. Classic. All you have is time. Keep walking. Keep going. Can you ain't no friend of mine. This one. The Goo Goo Dolls from Buffalo. The Goo Goo Dolls. You like the Goo Goo Dolls? What song is this? Uh, name. This was their big hit. Their first big hit before like Iris and all that stuff. Iris was a jam. Sorry, it's the way I sing one of those voices. Angsty whisper time. Like that's, is that vocal? Is that, is that a, when someone sings like that, is that their thing or is it a choice? Choice. Extra breath on it, turn more hair on it. Being aware. It's, um... It's definitely a choice. It is a choice. I guess. I don't know. It works for him. You ain't no friend of mine. He got the new haircut. Remember the fancy Bon Jovi hair? And that was it. They were off. On to the pop charts for ten straight years. Off to the races. Yeah. Um, Iris is a jam. So much better than that song, whatever that is. What about this one? What <laughs> skipped went back to the name again. Why would it do that, this bud? One. This one. What if God was one of us? This is still a jam, yeah. too. Yeah. If God had a name. Why would it be and would you call it to his face? If you Bass. God riding the bus, member? Yeah. Who's that? Joan Osborne? Joan Osborne. I feel like Joan Osborne and Amanda Marshall came up at the same time and then Joan was never heard from again. What's that? Joan Osborne and Amanda Marshall came up yeah. at the same time, didn't they? And then Joan was never heard from again. She was a one-hit wonder. <laughs> yeah, I think Joan kind of went also into uh, like touring and more of that world, like in festivals and stuff like that. But yeah, I don't know about, I don't remember hits the same as that one. Was Joan Osborne a one-hit wonder according to Google? Yes. But to people who've yeah, seen her perform, she's a wonderful one. vocalist. Yeah, she is a great singer. Yeah. So that's why I'm saying she's always going to be performing whenever she wants. What Becomes of the Broken Hearted? That was a Joan Osborne joint. I know yeah, that's I'm sure there's other ones that are memorable. Where Not is Amanda Marshall? As... I don't know. Where is she? I'm asking Jordan? Google. Is that a thing? The Cautious Comeback of Amanda Marshall, 2019. Yeah, so she's still out there. Let It Rain, 
Dark Horse, Birmingham. She had some bangers. Yeah, enough enough bangers to to keep rocking and as long as you want styles. Yeah, but she went away. There's some mystery there. I don't know if she uh, got above her raisin and the industry begged to differ or what happened. But there's some there's some dirt there. I think. So guess what I had to do yesterday. What? Uh, I was with Annalise at Shoppers. We were looking for thumbtacks because she wants to put a calendar up in her room. Yeah. And uh, I, I went to those, you know, the reading glasses, and I was like, oh, so try some of these on. Let's see what's going on because I sometimes have to, like, put my phone a little further away. I tried these babies on, and I tell you what, I love it. <laughs> so I, I, bought, I bought myself a 1.25... And I'm I'm crushing them on the rag if I'm reading or anything close. Great, right? I, I love it. So that's it. I'm over the hill on that on that tip of my eyeballs. There's something that happens in your mid to late forties. 47, Forty-seven years, and like, boom! I'm wearing those glasses. I know that guy. When I'm reading, welcome to the readers, bud. Because it's because it's a party when you're wearing them, as opposed to not. I know. And it's just like. My arms aren't long enough to the getting to the point of that. It's like you can hear your eyeballs exhale. Like, oh, thank God. Yes, thank you. Because they're working so hard. The readers. That's it. And then I was like, I'm looking. It's like, why do they have a three-pack? I'm like, oh, yeah, because they're so, like, fragile and you sit on them. They're every, disposable. Every, well, no, because then you have one on your bedside table, you keep one in the kitchen, you have one in the car. <laughs> one on the boat. One on your head when you're looking for them. Oh, boy. It's all downhill from here, bot. So that's it. I'm in the readers, bot. Welcome to readers, bot. Welcome to readers. Good chatting. <laughs> hey, good chatting. Talk to you next week. <laughs>